Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. I love summer. Who here is a summer person who loves summer? Lots of people. Um, Doesn't this just get you in the mood? Cricket bats and frisbees and blow up things and noodles. Um, Umbrellas. Summer is awesome. I, I don't know about you, but for me, it just brings up all these different emotions as you start heading towards the end of the year. As soon as you see that announcement asking for Christmas festival volunteers, you're like, it's summer. Summer's coming. You know, as I was preparing for this message this morning, I could, could not get the words of Olaf from Frozen out of my mind. If you don't know that movie, there's a little snowman called Olaf and he sings about how wonderful it would be, how cool he would be in summer. And I'm not going to sing that verse. I actually had thoughts that I'd get dressed up in our um, local Olaf costume and stroll onto stage, but I thought I'd save you all that. Um, Look, this morning I want to talk about how we can navigate these different seasons that we all go through in our life. Um, and as we step into the first of what is a six-part series around the sounds of summer, we're going to be focusing our times on psalms. Um, and I don't know about you, but I love psalms. I love the ups and the downs that we hear from David throughout the psalms. He, um, he throws his fists up in the air and he screams out to God and says, Where are you? And then the next minute, he's lavishing God's love and he's talking about his beauty and all of that. So that's what we're going to unpack as a part of this series together. I'm really excited for it. I hope you all are too. I really felt that God's put a couple of prophetic words on my heart for people in this church this morning uh, or maybe online if you're watching as well. Uh, And I just pray that you believe that. Um, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I was so challenged in preparing this because we all go through seasons and I've got to say, I've just come out of a season and I'm hoping to break a season with you all this morning. Is that all right? Will you pray and will you believe with me? Yeah, two of you will. That's great. What about the rest of you? Will you? Yeah, come on. All right. So um, four years ago, I packed up my family into a caravan, Vanessa and I, and we traveled with them along the Great Ocean Road, all the way up the east coast of Australia, right up to Cape Tribulation and then back down again. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure Mark does, Pastor Mark, judges how good a holiday is by the length of a beard. Um, You'll see progressively through these photos that that stubble that's kind of looking a bit epic there, I turned into a real feral until this is me um, on the way back. I've got a good couple of inches of facial hair there. It was the most wonderful holiday ever. I went completely feral. Um, in fact, yeah, I was rocking around in this tank top and just looked disgusting. People were like clearing the streets, walking on the other side because this big thug was working, walking towards them. But it was just the best time. And in fact, even preparing for this and pulling these photos out, I was looking at these photos and it just brought back all these memories. And I don't know about you, but... I feel like that. I said just earlier about, you know, the Christmas festival um, volunteer request comes up. But it might be you're in school and you, you get that awesome day where you get to pack up the chairs and wash them all down and clean the classroom. It's your last day of school. It might be that it's the last and you're celebrating Christmas time with your work colleagues. Um, or it might be that you go to the Christmas tree farm and you cut down the Christmas tree with your friends. But all these things get triggered in your mind around this season. And, and summer is that time... Um, where it's just this beautiful time of celebration. 
you can reflect back on the what might have been hard work and different things happening throughout the other seasons. If you're a farmer, I'm sure that's when you see the, the yield. That's when you see the, the results of your harvest. Um, but summer, um, it's, a, it's an incredible time. And we, wouldn't it be great if we just got to live in summer all the time? It's not the case because winter comes. Because autumn comes, because spring comes, and with each of them comes all these different things that get triggered in us. Why don't you just take a moment, turn to the person next to you right now, tell them your most favourite summer holiday location. All right. You could go all afternoon, I'm sure. There was Bali, there's the Gold Coast, there might be Port Elliot, Victor Harbour if you're more local. My, one of my favourite locations is Wilson's Promontory. I've talked to you about that before. It's in Victoria, beautiful spot. So there's these places that we get taken to. Our mind goes to that place and it's a, a place of summer where we're enjoying ourselves. Things just seem to be going right. And yet, we don't always have times like that in our lives. And what we see in Psalms is this beautiful um, dialogue and exchange and relationship that David has with Jesus and God. Sorry, I should say God at that point, where he's just constantly pouring his heart out to God and saying, I'm down in the dumps. I'm in a winter period in my life. And the next minute he's up in the summer and he's worshipping him and saying how great he is. You know, in fact, if you look at Psalm 13, it talks about the um, first directions are to the choir master. So he's asking people to sing this song with him. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I don't know about you, but if we started off a Sunday morning service singing that song, it'd be kind of hard to set the tone from there. But... You know, there's about 55 psalms, actually, that say to the choir master. And that's a direction to basically say, I want you to worship in this, in this passage. This is a direction to you to worship in it. So what we see throughout the psalms is David's actually giving a direction to the choir master or to the worship leader or to us that we are to worship God in whatever circumstance we're in. These aren't just devotions that you sit at and look at in your own time and go, oh, that's nice. David was going through a hard time. No, you worship to it. You bring it into your situation. You say, God, I need you here right now. Where are you? Are you hiding your face from me any longer? I need to see you move in this space in my life. And that's what this is all about. And that's what I want to unpack with us this morning is how do we move with God? How do we throw our fists up and say, well, I need you in this season in my life when things aren't going well, when we're not in that summertime yet. So when Pastor Josh sent the message out to us all who are speaking as a part of this series, he said, oh, we're doing Sounds of Summer and we're going to focus this on the Psalms. And I said, you beauty, Psalm 139, and I blocked it straight away. So if anyone else wanted to preach on that, too bad. And it's because for me, it's the most beautiful Psalm, but it's also one of the first um, scriptures that I ever learnt off by heart. Um, I was going to challenge myself by trying to recite the whole chapter. I'm not doing that because that's showing off and I'm humble. Um, 
and it was back when I was nine years old, and I can't remember all of it. But it talks about, uh, let, me, let me run through it with you. Oh, Lord, you have searched me. You'll test me now, aren't you? You're going to look at my eyes and see when I look down at the notes. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I stand. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You, are, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh, Lord. You hem me in. Hang on. Have I done it wrong? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far sides of the seas, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be as dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in a secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth all my days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be how precious are your thoughts god how vast are the sum of them were i to count them they would outnumber the grains of sand when I awake, I am still with you. And it goes on a bit from there. But what a beautiful psalm. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the seas, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Beautiful words, isn't it? And it just shows us that God knows us. Every little part of us in you is going to take that cap off the bottle at the dawn of creation. It's pretty crazy. He knows every situation, each and every single one of you are in right now. And you might think, no, 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 it's too dark, it's too dirty. He doesn't know that part, he does. And he loves you. And he pursues you. And he's forgiven you. That's pretty incredible, hey? So that's what I want to unpack, those, those key things, those attributes that we see in Psalms about God is that he loves us first and foremost. He loves us. And he knows every little bit about us and he still loves us. He pursues us. He's in this constant chase. No matter how far we go to the ends of the earth, if we rise on the wings of the dawn, he's still there pursuing us. So seasons are uh, pretty incredible. They are diverse. They are polarizing. And they're, they're the same in our own lives. So um, from, a, from a practical perspective, we, we all know the seasons. Um, if you look at autumn, for instance, beautiful. This is Handorf Main Street, only 25 minutes up the road. What a beautiful picture, hey? Bright, vibrant colors, beauty. But this all signifies change. In fact, all of those leaves are dying. And that's why they look that way. So it's a time of change. It might be a time where things fall away from your life. If it's an autumn period in your own life, it might be that things are actually dying off. It might be that you're moving into a new place. And that that can be a challenging time in itself. Um, The next one is winter. And I think we all know what winter feels like. It's cold. It can be dark. But it can also be a place of stillness. It can be a place where things are being replenished. On our property, we have a couple of dams. It's been wonderful over the last few weeks to start seeing some water trickle into those dams, which is so vital. And yet winter 
can often feel like the most dark and gruesome and cold and weary time where you're locked up inside and you're not out celebrating. Um, and yet there's still a really important time and it's almost like the most critical time if you were to think about what you yield at the end of the year in terms of your harvest. That rain is so critically important. Then you have summer. Oh, sorry, spring. <laughs> Growth, change. This photo is taken just outside of Callington. This might even be your place, Nathan. I don't know. Um, just beautiful. You know, you see blossoms coming. You see new things come into your life. It's a time of stretching. It's a time of growing. And then you have summer. All those things we talked about, the fruit, the harvest. This is a classic summer shot for us. This was over in the Philippines, catching the sun, um, swimming in the ocean. Uh, beautiful. This is the most beautiful place I've actually been in my life. Um, stunning locality. But, you know, all these things get triggered inside of you in terms of summer. And I'd love to live there all the time. It would be awesome, wouldn't it? But we can't. Seasons are a part of our life. They're important. We all know that life is not all summer, is it? And yet God ten, intends there to be seasons in our lives. Even within our hardest seasons, God is at work. So I know for pretty much everyone in this room, 2020 might have felt like a winter. We've all gone through this crazy pandemic. This period where things have been tough. You had to do new things. Um, you might have been had things stripped away from you. You might have lost your job. You might feel isolated. You might have, you might have lost a loved one during this time and no, not even been able to have a proper funeral. You might be um, sitting there anxious about whether you're going to be able to afford to send your, your kids to school. This period that we've all been through is, I think, a, an, a, the most highly uncommon circumstance that we'll see for, have seen for a long time and will see for a long time into the future. It's a time of, of winter. And Pastor Josh, when he shared um, the purpose of this is about we need to lift our gaze out of this time of winter, learn the things that we need to do through winter and look into that with faith and speak into what summer might look like for all of us. For me, I said to you at the start, this has really been a period of winter for me. Um, my year started off 12 months ago with me losing a friend and my boss and my mentor. Uh, he passed away from cancer and it was hard. I wish I had five more years with him to learn from him, but I didn't and he was gone and he's gone now. Um, and that's how my year started. It was pretty tough. And then straight after that, only a few weeks later, I was lying in a hospital bed about to get throat surgery um, and had a cyst removed from my vocal cords and I was on three weeks voice rest, could not speak for the three weeks leading up until Christmas. As you can imagine, that was a pretty challenging time. Um, in fact, that issue this morning, I'm praying that I'll be able to break that with you all this morning, the season of me not using my voice. So at the end, and I want you to pray and believe and encourage me that I'm going to get through 40 or 35 minutes of speaking and then I'm going to sing to each of you and we're going to praise God into that situation, into that season in my life. All right. So then we came out of, I came out of surgery and then um, in my job, I, I work at Mount Barker Council. We went straight into a major bushfire, the Cuddly Creek bushfires. 
across Christmas. Around 35% of the total fire ground was in my council area, and it was devastating. We went from, from um, you know, Christmas celebrations to crisis management, and it took a few months of crisis management after that in terms of recovery. And even now, it's been a, an ongoing journey for a lot of people in that area of through Harrogate, Brakunga, um, and those other communities in the Adelaide Hills area. Uh, and like it wasn't getting hard enough, then we got hit by a pandemic. And during the pandemic, I got bitten by a white-tipped spider and ended up in four days in hospital on IV antibiotics. And in fact, only just Friday just gone, I've spent the, the day doing allergy tests in the hospital and just trying to resolve all of those issues. So it's been a hard year. <laughs> and I have to preach to you during it. No, like, that's the thing, like, as I was preparing this, this whole message was I'm preaching to myself and I'm preaching to each of you. We're all in this room and we've all had so many different seasons that we've gone through and a lot of us are in winter right now. In fact, um, I was going to save some of the prophetic words to the end, but I feel like I need to say one right now. Um, it's to a mother who's in here and you're in a period of winter because of your children. Or a child. And I know that's really tough when your kids make decisions that you don't agree with. And you're thinking to yourself, what have I done wrong? Why are these decisions being made by my child? And you're turning to someone for advice at the moment. And God wants to say, I just want to put a little bit of caution in where you're going at the moment. He's saying, and actually I got given a verse from God and this is going to be really challenging to hear. It's from Proverbs twelve fifteen, and it says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. I'm not calling you a fool. Just take that first up. What I'm saying is you're looking in the wrong spot for advice right now. God wants you to lean into him for encouragement. He wants you to lean into him for the, the pain and the hurt you're feeling right now and seek him for encouragement, not someone else who's going through something similar with their, with their children as well because they're not going to give you the advice you need right now. And in fact, God's saying to you, I want you to look somewhere completely different. Look to someone who's got a child who's in a great place and you want to look to them for advice, to their parents. So can you just take that, receive it? If it's for you, hold on to it. Love to talk to you about it more afterwards. If it's not for you, and it's for, you think it's for someone else in your life, just pass it on to them. Um, you know, these prophetic words, you can, um, uh, I, I believe it's from God. If it's not for you, please don't take offense to it in any way. I just felt like God wanted me to say it to you this morning. And I know raising kids is tough, it's challenging. We can often look to our own selves for, for the issues that we're going through and start to blame ourselves as parents. But God wants to say, it's not your fault. I love you. I've got some advice for you, and it's just around the corner, but at the moment, you're just looking in the wrong spot. All right? Cool. Okay, so I've got to get back to my notes now. I've gone way off. Um, so we all go through these seasons, and I want to just read for you quickly Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, which is written by David's son, Solomon, who was known as being the wisest man on the planet at that time. So I think we should all listen to this, hey. For everything there is a season, a time for activity under heaven, a time to be 
born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to bear, build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to run away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep... A, and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mind, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. I think a few of us need to know that one, actually. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in every human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. You know, the, the Psalms talks earlier, um, the Psalm 139 says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. We just don't get it. We can't understand God's purpose. I don't know why my boss died. I don't know why. I don't know why my, my mentor, my close friend died at that time. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. But what this verse is showing us is that there is a time, there are seasons, and life is made up of many different seasons. And not just seasons like winter, summer, spring, and autumn, different seasons of life for different emotions and different responsibilities. God has created different seasons in our lives to shape us and create us into who he intended us to be. I am bigger and better than I was 12 months ago. I'm pursuing God's purpose and I've grown and I've stretched and I've been pulled in every different direction over these last 12 months. Would I have it any other way? No, because I'm who God intends me to be right now. So it says God makes everything beautiful in its own time. That's verse 11 of Ecclesiastes. Seasons, both good and bad, are ways for God to capture our hearts and our faith. The good and the bad are times when we go to God. We see that in Psalms where David throws his fists up in one verse and the next verse he's saying how wonderful you are. The good and the bad times is when we, God captures our heart and our faith. So I want to introduce you to someone who is so important to my life. And I've got a photo up here. Um, this is my Oma at my wedding day. Oh, cry. Um, she was a beautiful woman. Her name is Mariana, and that's why we named our daughter Mariana. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about Omar's story because I think she has the most incredible polarizing seasons in her life. And yet she was such a faithful woman of God, full of love and compassion. And she was a fierce prayer warrior. She prays into our lives. I don't doubt that she was praying into my life, believing that I'll get through this season I'm going through right now. A wonderful woman. So I'm going to talk to you about her journey. And in the next photo here is uh, my Omar on the left and my Opa and my, my dad in the middle there. Um, my Omar and Opa, I'm calling them Omar and Opa because I've got Dutch heritage. Uh, they migrated over from uh, Holland just post World War II in 1949. And this story, their story is about absolute seasons, God's provision, but also trials and I just want to unpack that with you a little bit. So what does winter look like? What does winter feel like? Well, for my Omar, winter looked like the most horrific and terrible time. You wouldn't imagine it. So I've got a photo here. The next one shows her home, which was in 
Diepenheim, the northern parts of northeastern parts of Holland. This was a it's quite a large family homestead and it was used as a guest house before the war. So they used to run that as a property and, and rent it out and have people stay with them. But of course during the war, all the big houses, particularly those out in the rural areas, got occupied by um, Nazi Germany. So this was used their home was used as a command post by Nazi officers for the command of all of that region and it got occupied by um, these soldiers. And uh, rather than just getting booted out, my Olmas family was commanded to stay and to live in the home and to serve these soldiers and to look after them. Now, I'm sure you can imagine it would have been a pretty horrific time. Um, there wasn't much value of human life through that period of time. Not much value put on life. And my Oma doesn't, did not talk about that time, to be honest, much at all. So I'm, I can't unpack the details of, of it, but I think we can all understand some of the details and the things that would have happened during that period of life. So that, were, that house was occupied for most of the war period. In fact, it was after the war period where my Oma's life went even deeper into winter. See, most of the, the command posts and things like that people who were seen to be living in their home, because they got the scratchings of food and a little bit looked after and they were under a roof, they were seen to be collaborators by their own country. So immediately after the war finished, as people moved into a period of celebration and rebuilding, my Omar was put in a concentration camp by her own country. That beautiful woman who stood with me at my wedding got put up in a concentration camp. That's not fair, is it? By her own country. Now, she was there through years uh, 1946 and 47, um, and I don't know much about that at all. In fact, Omar never told anyone about it until my brother in their last couple of years of living. And as a family, we just, wow, how does this woman who is full of love and compassion and grace and forgiveness and is a prayer warrior and speaks over our lives, how does that come out of a period of winter like that? So at the same time, my old pa, and I'll show you the next photo here. This is my old pa. Sorry about the quality of these images. They're not great, but this is my old pa, and he was in the Dutch army. He was actually tasked at the close of the war to do a lot of the rebuilding um, of uh, a lot of the cities that got absolutely destroyed throughout the Pacific. So he spent a fair bit of time in Indonesia, and then he, he also spent time in England being deployed um, now, this time was really tough. In fact, most of the cities across that period of time were going through famine because all the crops got destroyed. All of the, the armies took all the harvest. There was no, there was no ability for them to re be able to replenish food into these larger cities. And that's exactly where my opa was deployed all the time. So he went through an incredible time of hunger. And it wasn't easy back home either. He was looking at his family and um, his family was suffering. In fact, Opa would tell me that because they were in Amsterdam, another large city that had been ab absolutely devastated by the war, that his family was so hungry they would eat tulip bulbs for food. Now, my grand Opa, so my Opa's dad, died of malnutrition during that period. And yet... God was in all of that. His hand was across all of that time. I don't know what the winter period is that you're going through right now. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I, it's tough. I get it. You don't deserve it. I don't understand it. 
but you're going through a winter and you've got a decision to make to see God's love and his purpose in that moment. He is constant. And I'm going to give you a few tips as to how you can get through some of these seasons in your life a bit later on. So you can see my, my grandparents went through this incredible time of winter in their lives. Um, and if we look at Psalms um, and we look to that for encouragement during this time, we can see, it, particularly in those first verses there, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. Yeah, so everything that my grandparents, my old and old pa were put into in those moments, God discerned that. He knew it. He knew where they were at. He hemmed them in behind and before, and he laid his hand upon them in those moments. But David acknowledges there, and I need to acknowledge right with all of you, I don't know why. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us, something we cannot comprehend. And it might not be that we ever get to comprehend why. And it might be that it's your great-grandchildren standing on a stage speaking to people about God's love and forgiveness and purpose where it suddenly all makes sense. I don't understand. My grandparents wouldn't have understood at that time, but I know they prayed and believed and believed summer into their lives. So what, what's the winter you're experiencing? Have you lost a loved one? Have you had a relationship breakdown? Are you heartbroken by the decisions that your children have made? Have you lost your job? Maybe you're struggling with an illness. I don't know why these things happen. I can't comprehend with it, but God does. And he knows a heap more than any of us. So what does autumn look like for us? What did it look like for my grandparents? So at one stage, my old pa, as he was posted in Indonesia, he was uh, a postmaster. So he would distribute all the posts as it would come into all the offices. And um, he was actually in England at this point, sorry, I should say. And he saw a, a letter come across his desk and it said, to an officer in the Dutch army. And he thought to himself, well, I'm an officer and I'm in the Dutch army. So he opened it. And inside that letter was a letter from someone in Adelaide, Australia, saying, I just really feel like I need to start a pen friendship with an officer from the Dutch army. So there started a friendship. And they wrote back and forth to each other. And that's what led my old pa to make a decision at the end of the war about where he would go to come to Australia. What? <laughs> because someone in Adelaide wrote on a letter, I'm here in front of you today, I met my beautiful wife. How's that for a time of change? How's that for a moment in time that brought about dramatic impacts that would change the course of history? Like, this is just amazing. And thank God that that person wrote that letter. They listened to God and he planted that seed and my opa opened that letter. And here I am here today as a testament to that moment. That's pretty incredible. So post-war Australia, uh, after my grandparents migrated over here, it wasn't the easiest space for them still. This time of autumn would have been incredibly difficult. Um, Australia was growing heaps at that period. In fact, there was a direct challenge for Australia to grow, and lots of it came from European migrants. Um, and they were funding what was an industrial and a, um, a, 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 a jobs boom in Australia at that point to try and recover from this war period. But this was a massive time of change for my Oma and Opa. They, they came into this foreign country. They spoke broken English. They had very little connections. They might have had this one pen friend. I don't know if they knew anyone else that they 
that was coming that that were coming into the city of but and yet they still had this incredible opportunity placed in front of them this time of change and i remember from walking through my omar and opa's house and seeing what were all these little trinkets and things and and memories and things that they brought into their house from holland um so much so that when i got the opportunity to travel holland um, uh, back in 2002, it felt like I was almost walking into my grandparents' home. So they brought their home into Australia, and that's what makes us a wonderful, rich society, isn't it? All these mixes of people that get to come and be a part of Australia. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that my grandparents went through that incredible time of change. We see in, um, in Psalms uh, 139, David says in verses 7 through to 12, um, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. My grandparents knew that God's right hand was holding them fast as they settled on the far side of the seas. What a time of autumn and a time where we need to know that God's hand is holding us fast during those periods. We have to know that. And then comes summer. I want to sing that Olaf song. It keeps coming up. In summer. Thank you. Thanks. Summer, a time of, of, of harvest, a time of fruit. I don't know. Uh, some of us are in summer right now. And here's the second prophetic word I want to give. Um, that there's someone in this place that you're in summer right now. And you're scared of summer because last time you're in summer, winter came so quick and so hard immediately after and you got knocked to the floor that you don't trust summer. And God wants to say to you, trust it. I've given this to you for this time right now. Believe in it and I want you to embrace summer and everything it's got for you and exploit it. Because God's given you a gift, and just like the parable of the sower, he doesn't want to see that gift buried in the ground. He wants you to use that, invest it. So God's saying, I haven't given you this period of summer so you can just focus on yourself. He's saying, I've given you this period of summer so that you can invest it into others. You can invest it into your future. You can invest that into someone who's going through a hard time right now. Do not think that this is a cliff, because it isn't. I've given you this time of summer so you can believe and trust in it and believe that good things will continue to come to you. How's that? That's a good word, isn't it? Thank you, God. I believe that for me. If you want to take that word, receive it. That is God saying, I've given you this time of summer and you can rely on it. You can trust in it. You can depend on it. So what did it look like for my Omar and Opa at that time? Well, my Omar and Opa became some of the first founding members of the CRC, our denomination. They, my Omar became the first female preacher to be travelling around Australia and encouraging a lot of churches. What a heritage. What a blessing. Here, this lady who was in a period of winter in a concentration camp would be sowing and ministering into people's lives in Australia only years later as one of the first female preachers to get up and be um, serving our, our nation. How incredible is that? And my old pa was such a support for her. I hear my dad often talk about my old pa just being her number one supporter. Such a, um, a, a 
uh, a groundbreaking sort of role that he played and my Omar played during that period in their lives. But despite this time of summer, and I think it's important that we all recognise that summer and our seasons come with different different things at the same time. So you might be in a winter and there's a nice glorious day of sun, enjoy it, soak it up. But when you're in summer as well, there are periods where you have hard times. So despite the fact that my grandparents had got through all this hard time in their lives, they still had some struggles. My Oma had numbers of miscarriages. She had to spend nine months on her back so that my father could be born. And praise God that she did that and she had the resilience to get through that time. My opa died way too young of asbestosis after working in a factory. That doesn't make sense. Why would my oma have to spend the last 20 years of her life on her own? I don't understand that. And yet it was still a period of summer. My oma, um, right up until her last days, would do paintings in a nursing home that they would make into, into postcards that they would then sell and raise funds for an orphanage in Sri Lanka. She was frail and broken and yet she would still be ministering to her carers. What an incredible woman living her summer despite her circumstances even still in those last days. My Oma was resilient, she was caring, she was compassionate but she was also an absolute prayer warrior. So just like David in the Psalms, Omar would praise God for his goodness and pray God's love and purpose into difficult seasons. And that's what the Psalms is about. It's about praying God's love and his purpose into our difficult seasons. What's the summer period in your life that you're praying for? I want you to think about it right now. What are those things, those, those wins, those achievements? What's the harvest that you want to see in your life? Get, just bring that to the front of your mind. And as we continue to move through today, I want you to start praying and believing that God's going to bring those things to be. That he's going to mend that broken relationship. That your child's going to make the right decision to come to Christ. That your broken relationship is going to be melded back together. That you're going to pass school with flying colours despite it being the most horrific year of education that we've seen in a long time. That you're going to land the job that you've been searching for that you're going to develop your gifts and, and you're going to sing for the first time on stage in four years. You know, what is it that you're praying and believing into and how can you draw from the Psalms and take that encouragement and speak it prophetically over your life, speak it as an encouragement over your life, as a, I will take that, I will move forward in this area of my life. So I said just earlier about what are those things that we can do to help navigate those seasons. And I've got four points here I want to quickly talk through. One is that our season does not define us. We've heard it said here that our circumstances don't define us. It's exactly the same thing. Our seasons do not define us. God knows where we are. He loves us. His power is working through those seasons. Don't change what you believe according to the season that you're in. People often make bad decisions based on the season they're in. They change their course. They get angry at God. They say, this is God's fault. You don't believe that. Don't change what you know. He sees and knows what you, what's going on. Be careful what, what um, 
what meaningful things you give up during those tough seasons. The fact is that in verse 6, um, again, it says, no, such knowledge, God's knowledge, is too big or too wonderful for us to understand. So don't just drop it and run from it. Grab it, hold on to it, believe it as a promise, even if everything around you says the opposite. I don't know why my Omar went through these hard times. The winter period of my Omar and Opa's life was tough. And yet I never heard my Omar speak about this time with resentment for God. Never. In fact, she used these times to speak encouragement into other people's lives. I have a, a little book that I, uh, my brother made up. And it's a collection of stories that my Omar wrote for us as grandchildren. Now, this collection of stories is actually her stories from her childhood and all the difficult times and exciting times and interesting times that she went through and she superimposed us as grandchildren into that, into those stories. So now I can sit down with my daughter, Mariana, and read her these stories about my Omar's life and the things that she went through as an investment into the next generation. How beautiful is that? The second point I want to make is that a season isn't necessarily all one way or feeling. So there are sunny days in winter, there is beauty in autumn, but there is also extreme heat and bushfires in summer. It's important to draw encouragement and learn from those experiences and put guards and protections in places when you get those other little glimpses of seasons during these other sustained periods of seasons. Do you know what I mean by that? So if you don't have proper bushfire safety set at home, you're putting yourself at risk during summer. Summer is a time of fun, of joy, of going to the beach. But if you're at beach and your house burns down because you haven't done the proper fire protection, what good is summer? It's going to quickly turn into a winter period, isn't it? Or maybe you're in the depths of winter and God sent you a ray of sunshine in the middle of winter and he goes, I know you're at the end of your wits. I want you to soak this period of sun up because you're not quite done yet. So a season is not necessarily all one way or all one feeling. You might still be in a period of summer and yet you're having a hard day. Don't, don't think that that's the end of your summer period. God wants to continue to bless you in that. The third point I want to make is that God's plans don't change just because the seasons do. You know, the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis, we see that his season of prosperity was preceded by pits and prisons. God knows, knows and intends that our character is developed in pits and prisons. My Omar's character was developed in a concentration camp where she was put by her own country. That didn't change the fact that God had a purpose over her life. His plans for her life did not change during that season. God is still with, with you, no matter whether you're in a pit here this morning, if you're in a prison here this morning, or you're out and you're sitting on a throne and you're commanding people. The last point I want to make is that it's also important to surround yourself with the right people to help you get through these seasons in life. We've got an amazing opportunity this afternoon. All the life home leaders are coming to VMI House and we're going to just speak a time of encouragement into them. You know, this period of winter for our church... Um, one of the things and the glimpses of summer that we can take in that for this COVID season is that we've grown our life homes. 
that we've got more and more people rubbing shoulders with others in our church and they're getting to know others and they're hearing their life stories and they're, they're being encouraged by them and they're giving opportunities to minister into people's different homes. What we do here on a Sunday morning is critical as a part of that as well. It's about surrounding yourself with people that help you get through the seasons. There are people here that have gone through the same thing you're going through. And you need to take encouragement from them. There are people here that you can look to as role models and go, I need to take encouragement from that person because I see the way they're operating their life and I want to be like that. God has put those people in your life. God has brought you into this place right now for a purpose. He's brought you into this church for a reason. It might be that you're in a place where you need to minister to someone and bring encouragement to them. It might be that you're in a completely different place and that you need encouragement from someone. And that is the beauty of being a part of a church community, isn't it? It's great. Perhaps, Ben, if you can come up and just start playing, that would be great. Um, As we close, as I close, I just want to, I really want to encourage you all that you need to pray and believe God's blessing into your situation. And that that takes an intentional effort. Just like David does throughout the Psalms, I want to worship God in all situations. I want to believe for His blessings in my life. I want to believe that God has it all planned out. And I'm going to go and pray and sing His promises into my life. I'm going to believe His promises into my family's life. I'm going to pray and believe that my beautiful wife will will do fantastic at work and be an example to her colleagues at her work. I'm going to pray and believe that Eli, as he goes into school next year, will be confident that he'll be learning well. I'm going to pray that Mariana will be a confident young woman and that she will be protected throughout her life. I'm going to pray that as a church that will continue to grow and have an impact on our community. I'm going to pray for uh, a a friend who's going through a hard time who's just lost a, a, a baby. I'm going to pray for my workmate whose wife is pregnant at the moment and I'm going to believe that God's blessing will be over them. All these things we've got to pray and believe. And in the Psalms, David sings it and he calls us into worship, into a period where we can believe that God's love and His blessings will come over our situations, that we would be completely immersed by Him, that He would rule our situation. And He does it prophetically. He does it in a sense of anticipation. One minute He says, God, where are you? I need you in this situation. And I don't doubt that my Omar was in a prison camp going, where are you, God? I need you in this situation. And yet only years later, she would have been standing on a stage ministering to a bunch of uh, people as some of the, one of the first female ministers. How wonderful is that? You know, my Omar and Opa constantly had their home open to people. Um, I often, even now, I have people come to me and say, I knew your Omar and Opa. They were a blessing to my life. I lived with them and they helped me get through some of the hardest times in my life. That could be you. It could be you that opens your home to someone and helps them get through their hardest period in their life. You might be the catalyst that brings them into their summer. And they might be listening right now and thinking, but I don't deserve to be in a summer. Well, you do. God wants us all into summer and this is a critical point. If you take one thing from this whole message, it's that you all have a summer. Every single person has a summer. And why? Because we're forgiven. We are forgiven. When Jesus went to the cross, He forgave us and He brought us into an eternal summer with God. 
How incredible that before a word is on our tongue, He knew it. Before we were knitted together in our mother's womb, Jesus died on the cross for us. I know that we all have a summer ahead. How wonderful is it that God knows us intimately, that He knows the hairs on our head. How wonderful is it that He loves us and He's in a constant pursuit for us. But how incredible is it and how you know, how thankful we should be that we are all forgiven and that we are all brought into this period of summer of living a life of freedom, of peace, when we accept Jesus into our hearts and we say, thank you, God, for what you did for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me, that you took me out of my winter and you're taking me into a summer. There's many of us in this room and we're ready to be out of the season that we're in. Can I just see some hands here right now? If you're in a season and you want to be out of it and you want to go into a summer, just lift your hand up. Yeah, there's hands all over the place. I'm, I'm raising my hand because I need to be out of a winter. I said at the start that um, I had surgery on my voice. Uh, I haven't sung or led worship for four years. And this morning I want to lead you in worship. I want to break a season in my life and I want to pray God's promises and His protection and I want to pray His purpose and calling into that situation. And I'm scared. (laughs) But will you do it with me? Will you break the season in your life with me this morning? Will you let Jesus' forgiveness come into that situation? Will you let His healing power come into your situation? Some of you have had health issues. Some of you might be recovering from surgery just like I am and you need to take that faith step to go, God, I'm believing that this is a summer period in my life. He loves you. He knows you intimately. He knows even when you make the worst mistakes and yet He still forgives you. And we see David sing that and he sings prophetically through those moments. David made horrible mistakes And yet he wrote the most beautiful psalms declaring God's majesty. I rise on the wings of the dawn. If I settle on the far side of the seas, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Some of you are going to step into autumn and you need his hand holding you fast. Some of you are going to step into a period of winter and you're going to need to remember his purposes and his calling. And you're going to know, you need to know that he loves you and he's put you in that place for a reason. Some of you are in summer. And it's great and you need to just trust that that summer is for you. Others of you need to step into that summer. Would you all stand? Lord, I thank you for seasons. Yep, I just said it. I thank you for seasons. I thank you for winter. I thank you for that during winter we can take encouragement from you. I thank you for autumn that we can go through change. I thank you for spring that we can grow and stretch, that things new would come into our lives. And Lord, most of all, I thank you for summer. I thank you that you call us to be to live in a life of summer, a life of freedom, a life of a party with you, God, without anything standing between us and you. And that's because of Jesus, that amazing gift. I thank you that that gift was given to my grandparents in their winter. I thank you that that gift is given to us in our winter. I thank you that that gift was given to me 12 months ago when I had my throat surgery. 
Lord, I thank you that that freedom is given to each and every one of us and that we can continue to go to you and to rely on that to bring us into a period of summer. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you that despite the fact that you knew every single little part of us, all our dirty, gritty parts, you still love us. You still forgive us. You're in this pursuit of forgiveness with us. Thank you, Father, for that. Lord, I pray as we move into a time of worship now that we would lift those things to you that are standing between us and you, that we would put those things at the foot of the cross and that we would say, enough, enough. I've had enough of this winter in my life. I hand it to you, God, and I want to pray and believe and I want to sing and I want to worship your promises into my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we say enough. Take us into your summer, God. Take us into that new season. Bring your purpose, your calling over our lives as we lay things at the foot of the cross and believe that your son has died for us. In Jesus' name. So here's the part where I'm going to break my season with you all and I want you to worship with me. I want you to believe for those things in your life that are just causing you absolute disruption right now that are blocking you from being in that season. Can you just do it as a statement over your life? Can you do it as a way of handing over to God? A way of saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm handing it to you, God. Can you do that with me during this time of worship? So I want you to concentrate. We're going to sing on some words here um, saying, It is well with my soul. Through it all, through it all, through every winter, it is well with my soul. And that is making a prophetic statement over your situation. So I just really want to pray and believe with you this morning that this would be a period where chains are broken in your life, where seasons are broken in your life. And where Jesus' forgiving power, our God's amazing power will come over that situation and bless you. Thank you. 
to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.